for leaders, I'm finding that we're now in a cycle where people are starting to attempt to let go of things. Like we, we shouldn't aspire actually to go back to what was February of 2020. Hi, and welcome to the Leadership Now series with Nick Vujicic and Christine Grimm, ARIA Consulting, 23 years of executive coaching, and I'm humbled that she is my coach. I could not lead without the sound coaching from Christine. I'm so glad, Chris, that we get to coach everyone watching. Tell us what we're going to be experiencing here on this series. Yeah, we're going to coach you uh, around leadership, around real challenges, how to navigate the challenges that you have right now, and and how to feel good about it. I'm so excited, Chris. You're going to be sharing with us also your pool of CEOs that can bring in and chime in some principles from their experience as well. Thank you for joining us here on the Leadership Now series. Here's today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Leadership Now series with Christine Grimm from ARIA Consulting. Welcome back, Chris. Hello, Nick. Hi, everybody. Hi, I am so excited about this week. Man, it's been a a rough trying week for me. We've had a pre-production meeting call and um, I am so excited about what you felt even before I told you what was going on this week in my life. Um, the, the, The composition of what we really want to bring to our leaders through our Wednesday weekly Leadership Now series. Welcome if this is your first time. My name is Nick Vujicic and um, I have been coached by Christine Grimm and our team there at Life Without Limbs since 2015, 2016, uh, making sure that we are as team members and especially as leaders making conscious, intentional decisions and consciousness in the awareness of how we lead ourselves, how we lead everyone around us, which really talks about and shows through the leading of company and success and whatever that looks like for your company. Uh, I want to thank you, Chris, for helping me lead well. Uh, Not always um, uh, comfortable discussions over the five, six years, but it's always been healthy and it's been amazing. So thank you for making me the better leader that I am today and pushing me towards becoming better. Um, And to everyone listening and watching, Every week, it seems like we're right on beat, Chris, I reckon, with what's happening because most of the credit of that is because you on a weekly basis, if not more, um, are currently coaching executives from massive companies, companies that we can't even talk about here on the show. And uh, it's funny, every time I feel like I'm just like, little bit of leaders, you're like, Nick, exactly what you're going through most of my leaders you say are going through the same thing and so um, the reason why we're doing this weekly series for those of you who are here for the first time is to unpackage the current discussion on the table that chris is having with the biggest leaders in corporate america and global what this means in a 2020 change the climate um the fears that continue to grow um and and really unpackage that Chris, help us to know what we are going to be unpackaging this Wednesday. Sure. So uh, first, I just want to say to everybody, um, thank you, Nick, for that. Uh, I've been coaching for about 23 years, uh, a little over that. And uh, I have a team of amazing coaches and consultants. 
Uh, and of course, I have a pretty broad network of others. So what I try to bring every week is not just my own experience, um, you know, but uh, on a regular basis, I'm doing a touch point uh, with my network to see what they're hearing. Uh, so, so hopefully you know that I'm trying to always not just have my own, you know, 25 conversations be the only conversations, but it is amazing uh, what is similar, right? What, what is uh, in sync with leaders, regardless of the size of their team, uh, the business, uh, nonprofit, for-profit, there's a lot of commonalities that uh, we can bring to you. So everybody, regardless of whether you lead and manage one person or 100,000, you're welcome. We're doing this for you. I just wanted to make sure that's clear so that if anyone starts listening and they think, oh, this is my first job as a manager and I only have one or two people under me, this is gonna be way beyond me. And that's not, that's not the case. We lead uh, as humans first, whether we like to, to know that or not. Um, what I wanted to talk with you about today, Nick, and we talked about pre-call, is what's happening right now, which uh, seems to be in this cycle we're in, that of course, everything changed in about March or April of this year uh, with the reaction. Um, it, it, this is timeless, so if you're watching this uh, at another point, we're recording this in September of 2020. So we're about five or six months in now, five months, six months in, um, uh, as a, uh, to the kind of reaction globally to the pandemic. And because of that, many people were asked to work from home instead of offices and businesses. Many businesses were shut down or limited in the way that they can operate. And like I said, it's been like this interesting cycle that, that we're living through for many of us. This is the first time we've ever had this experience. And for leaders, I'm finding that we're now in a cycle where people are starting to attempt to let go of things, realizing that whatever was normal before March or April of this year, um, you know, it, it may not come back. Uh, or the things that are coming back, if you will, whatever that means for you, uh, they're not the same. Like we, we shouldn't aspire actually to go back to what was February of 2020. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that because there's two things I'm finding in almost every conversation, which is leaders starting to realize they can't lead the way they were leading before. For some, that's a fairly tactical response. Like, we're on Zoom for all of our meetings, for instance. That's a what I call kind of a tactical way of thinking about it, right? You just aren't in a room with people the way you were before. Uh, and, and kind of grieving that, like, oh, this is going to last longer than I thought. Now people, you know, letting go of some image issues and leadership, like I used to do this and now my meetings don't look and feel like that anymore. So maybe I have to let go of all my thoughts and feelings about that going back and dig into this new way, you know, uh, a few weeks ago we talked about it, people realizing, oh, this isn't temporary. I think it's beyond that now. I, I, I literally think it's time to kind of let go of the old version of you and start to think about you as a leader in a new way. And the second piece of it that seems to be in a lot of conversations, and Nick, I mentioned this to you, which is realizing um, there's a term in accounting called sunk costs are sunk. In other words, we might have invested in things um, pre-COVID or maybe even in the beginning of this process that we thought, oh, I better do this. I better invest in this digital platform. I better, 
invest in this program. I'm going to have to throw money here. I'm going to have to hire new people or I'm going to have to do this. And realizing now that maybe some of that's not going to work. And so there's also a bit of letting go of potentially investment emotionally or resource wise um, into things that might not, like I said, come back in the same way. And maybe we need to I hate to use the word abandoned, but I do feel like part of this letting go process is people's mental journey in starting to say, what do I hold on to? What does this mean? And how do I let go of things that I was attached to? It's going to be really interesting for sure. Um, to unpack, excuse me, to unpackage all of that. And while I'm just listening to you, I'm thinking to myself, Christine, you two months ago started saying, we aren't going back. We're not going back to that normal that we once knew. And um, as, as many even leaders are just, you know, trying to just react as much as possible with the changes happening. Um, there, I think there are two distinguishing phases of this change. There is the current um, between March and now, and I think post September, I think there's going to be, um, you termed it, um, pre-call as an awakening mm. uh, to leaders in this. Now, it doesn't mean it's all bad, but how can you describe uh, to us and our listeners and viewers um, what it means for a, for a leader who is asleep currently, um, who's just regurgitating what they've always known, um, emotionally attached to what we've always known and done, um, and, and how to let go, first of all, of that idea that there is no going back from a contextual point of view, really on a leadership point of view and, and texture, which again, doesn't mean all bad, it's just so different that some leaders might fall and fail leading their company because they just don't know how to let go of the past. Sure. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer you, Nick, but I'm going to give everyone maybe some questions you can ask yourself. So um, make it more of a self-assessment versus me telling you. Um, and I'll just tell you the kind of questions I ask leaders to ask themselves. And I've been doing this a lot lately so that you can do the self-discovery. I don't want to judge it. Right. And, and no one else can really judge it. But you should definitely ask, um, you know, questions like, uh, what am I holding on to? Even though I know in my heart and in my mind that that thing doesn't work anymore. And that thing could be a process. It could be a program. It could be a strategy that you um, really believed in before. It could be people. Right. It could be, by the way, maybe not actual people, but the roles that they have uh, because your business worked differently before all of this change. And you're still maybe even in your mind holding on to the old way coming back. And so you're not the, the second question would be, you know, not only what are you holding on to, but two. Are you aware of the moments where you are resisting new ideas and new thinking 
because you are so wed or attached to that old thing, right? So like I said, that could be uh, incredibly strategic and, and about your strategic plan or your vision or major investments that you've made, and which by the way, no one would um, blame you for that. So I'm not judging it, right? So that's the other thing is the third question, right? So first question is, what am I clinging to? What am I holding on to? Two, um, am I aware of the moments in time where I'm shutting down or, or resisting new ideas and new things because I am protecting that old thing or holding on to it? And then the third one is, um, you know, am I judging myself? Like, where am I judging myself and, and maybe feeling like, you know, uh, I'll give an example of my own. Um, uh, Nick, I shared with you that nine months ago, I thought the way our business was going to work, ariacoach.com is one of our brands. It was the first time we took coaching into the digital world um, in the way we wanted to do it, by the way, everybody. And what I mean by that is I have worked very hard to try and translate what we do in person to an online experience. And that's not easy. And so being kind of a pain in the butt to everybody, just so you guys know, it took me a long time to try and sort through what the technology would be that we would use um, so that we could translate the experience. And we invested in a system nine months ago and it took a lot of uh, effort and training and all of those things. Um, and just recently, you know, I was in a bit of denial trying to make that work, A, because it cost a lot of money, but two, because it took a lot of effort and energy. And I had to actually talk myself into it to get there. <laughs> so it was almost like I had to talk myself out of it. And I was judging myself. That's that third question is, how are you judging yourself? Well, there was a part of me that didn't want to admit to the world that that was maybe a bad decision. And that if we were remaking it now, I wouldn't pick it. Everything's changed. Everything has changed, right? And so I had to kind of get over that self-judgment of, oh, I'm going to pull the plug. That means that's me admitting that we spent money that we shouldn't have spent. That means me telling the team that after I nagged them for nine months that they had to get trained and use the system and I didn't care whether they liked it or not, do it anyway. All of you leaders out there, you know what I mean. You've all had these moments, right? So what am I clinging to? When am I not able to hear the new ideas and things because I am holding on to things? And then the third one is, how are you judging yourself that if you were to let go of these things, whatever they are, um, you're judging that that means failure, right? And those things keep us blocked. So my last thing, Nick, and I'll let you talk about whatever you want, however you want to respond to this, but I do think leaders uh, it's, it's time for you to recognize these things. And just by answering those three questions for yourself and being kind to yourself about it, uh, will help you let go a little, right? Like, <laughs> I love it. Um, goodness gracious. This is so cool. So while you're talking, I'm seeing this visual. Yeah. So like I love sailboats and I proposed to my wife on a 43 Catalina, beautiful up in Santa Barbara. You know when you have full sail or not, right? Like you can see it and you move and you got momentum. You also can tell that if you don't change the sail and the wind changes on you, that sail flaps like nuts and can actually hurt people with the rope 
Okay, I know from personal experience, I nearly, you know, man overboard. Oh, they call me Bob when I'm bobbing in the water. And so, um, did you get that one? I did. So, the Bob, bobbing, because I'm bobbing in the water. I'm Bob. <laughs> I want to make sure you had that. And so, I nearly like, I got really hurt. And, and anyway, it wasn't on that one, thank God. But what's interesting is, the wind has changed. And if you don't change the position of the sail, it is so dangerous that, you know, you know the wave when, when a big wave comes and the boat's not turned at the right angle, that boat can flip. I love boats, love sailing, love all this. I've been boating and fishing all my life. So I know a lot about boating, but when, when someone says, hey, we got to change the sails now that way, to actually do that, it takes a lot to actually change the angle of it, then the rope, then the little crank thing, right? I don't know what they're all called. Your friend, the other friend would probably know more, the rowing guy that you brought on the other, the other week. thought of him too. Yeah, he would know everything that I'm talking about, I'll give you the definition. But what's amazing is during this time, when the captain says, we're changing the direction of the sail, it's hard for the captain to um, know that, yes, at, the, at this time, it felt like, like you would know it in all the other experiences that, yeah, the winds changed from that direction, but next week now it's changing this direction and then it's changing this direction. And it's changing like from, for how long does number one, here's my question to you. And I know what the answer is for me. And maybe it's personalized to every single one of us differently, but there's got to be a point, Chris, that we all agree that the, the wind might be changing and maybe it has changed a lot more variable over the last three months. But to me, from July 15 onward, things haven't really changed much. Sure, with different counties and cities and states, we all have disagreements with this and people say, well, the masks don't even work and this and that and everyone and media and all this fear and all this stuff. There's got to be a point, though, where the captain says, no, we're now betting. Leave it all behind. Forget. Throw those planes out. And OK, now this is where we're going. Yeah. The wind's blowing this way. It's just going to take time to pivot that or reset that sail in the right direction and tighten up the ropes. But in that very important moment, especially if you're in a storm, there could be damage along the way that, that I feel what you've helped me to understand is be patiently, very alert to hear the pulse of the heart and mind of each individual on the team while you're trying to unify the team and try not to, you know, make any more fear or panic, but to make a decision, we're going to make this decision together because I know as a captain, as a leader, I can't do this on my own. I feel like my leadership is brought to its knees, right? Where we all need each other to then say, the wind has changed. This is the direction that we're going to set the sail get the rope, let's go kind of thing. Like, and how do you still hear your team who might be saying, but what if it changes again? 
Yeah, sure. That's a lot, sorry, but it's just an interesting visual. Look there, uh, I love the sailing analogy. I think it's right. Um, so that was perfect. I, I also believe that um, there, there's two things that you just said that I think are worth us talking about. One is um, you, you do have to be able to hear your team, know your team, and like you're saying, kind of part of leadership, right, is helping your team find the right place and balance, if you will, between, you know, you know, being agile enough to pivot and move and change and also stable enough and secure enough to stick to a plan until you need to. Uh, I've mentioned on some of our podcasts, <clears throat> you know, uh, the late Dr. George Land, who wrote the book Grow or Die. He was up for a Pulitzer in 1974. And I know for many people, that's probably before you were born. And that sounds like a long time ago. But George uh, predicted some things back in that book um, that are absolutely becoming true. And, you know, he did say that as technology um, would in, in become an increasingly more important part of the way we um, were functioning, that time would feel like it was speeding up because information was more accessible and was flowing more, but that it would also increase the speed in which our um, relationships with our stakeholders became more complex. So if you think about that, it's true, right? Like technology doesn't always make our life easier. It actually oftentimes makes it more complicated, sometimes in a good way, right? But, but also just, you know, more to learn, faster change. Um, you're able to be closer to your customers. So you're, you're getting feedback faster. Think about the businesses that get uh, feedback on Twitter, for instance. Right. So my point is, is that um, what I always took from George's model is, is the answer to your question, Nick, which is your team has to be nimble enough. We talked about that last episode um, to kind of run this place and change this place at the same time. Which is not what we usually hire for leaders. <laughs> so learn this now. We usually hire people to either grow and change our place, innovate, whatever. We say, okay, this is your job, salesperson. Go sell more. Grow it. Or operations person, stabilize it. Make systems that, you know, keep this place like a well-oiled machine, predictable, etc. And so what we often don't do, or at least we haven't done in the past, is we don't say to people when we hire them, I'm going to need you to do both these things in a balanced way, right? I need you to do your job well in a stable way, and I need you to think about what's coming next with me so that when it's time, we can stop doing this stuff over here and start doing this stuff over here, and this becomes the run this place. And then something new comes and we're going to grow it, grow it, grow it, grow it, grow it, to do, do that one, right? So run this place, change this place, run this place, change this place. And Nick, remember we did it with your team a week or two ago. That was the beginning of that experience. So that's the answer. It's awesome. Well done in explaining that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's I hard. It's really hard. 
Say it again. I interrupted you. Go. Oh, I just simplified something that's complicated because people, you and I both know, right? That's hard. Most people, if they're in their strength, they're doing one of those things. I'm a run this per place person, right? I'm a change this place person. I'm a change agent. You can hear people say that all the time. And finding people who can do both of those things well um, isn't normal, but I think now it has to be. I love it. Well, I, I love it. There's the, the way that you've described it. And while that's all happening, the sails flapping in the wing, wind and the ropes go in here and there. And, and pre-call, I was telling you, you know, I had a difficult week this week. <clears throat> Moving out of state, uh, a pace of, of different things, pieces and tectonic plates, not colliding, but being birthed, moving some momentum and it feels like the last three weeks of my life has gone from zero to a million miles an hour and there's no planes involved mm. and something has changed in the last three weeks just i've been sprinting and in that sprint we are trying to make extremely important decisions and prioritization of what really needs to take first place in everything going on between me hiring new caregivers. Yeah. Um, not easy. Um, my wheelchairs falling apart in Texas without yet finding, like I had, I have two wheelchairs that move with the joystick. And when one dies, I have another one. Well, right now, 48 hours ago, none of them work. Um, and so trying to find legs like, and, and bit by bit where, you know, when a caregiver don't speak that good English, like I just said, well, Englishly, I, I got grammatically you. perfect. Right. Uh, and then I don't speak that good Spanglish and I love <laughs> him so much. And it's just like, okay, cool. Like this is cool. It's a new thing for me. And I know he's the right guy. And we're going to deal with that. So I've got that challenge. Then my, my son, he wants to um, do what daddy does. And daddy's on virtual reality right now. And so I'm, te I'm showing him virtual reality. Well, it's really hard to teach a seven-year-old alone because there's generally not help when I'm just chilling with my kids to put my VR goggle headset on, they give me the hand controller that don't fit my foot. And then for me to angle it lower because I can't lift it up to an angle that then he can press a button that I can't press every time he tries to press that button, the hand controller moves like little things like that to studio setup to change. There's a lot of flapping in the wind right now this week for me. Um, and it's, it, it's like helping me understand, oh yeah, I have no arms or legs. <laughs> and, and it's amazing because when I am, you know, in a, in, in a, in a location with a well-oiled machine, then you could do something new. But just surviving and, and being uprooted and planted, Uncle Bata, he said something to me that he saw me like when I, I did this, you know, like he reads me and I read him. We know exactly where each other stand. 
And he said, well, it's not going to be easy to uproot. And I'm like, I'm thinking, I've moved from Australia at 23, you know, like got around the world. It's just from, you know, out of California to Texas. And I looked at him, he said, yeah, it's not going to be easy. And I was oblivious to, okay, yeah, that's going to be hard. That needs to be done. That needs to be done. That needs to be done. When you have so many variables in that change, and I've got a point to why I'm saying all this now, when you have all those variables happen, yeah. most entrepreneurs who've lost all their money at least once, which is me uh, as one of them, um, and got my money back is four or five unpredictable variables that all happen at the same time and all went against you. Mm -hmm. What I also feel to anticipate to help leaders anticipate as well is what I'm seeing this week. Ready? Mm -hmm. Leaders out there. This is just my little two cents. I'm not a Christine Graham. Dun, dun, dun. Drum roll. Uh, between March and now it's been difficult for leaders. And I feel like the decisions and the implementations and the plans, the plans that then we'll, we'll all agree on and then execute and implement and then change if the wind changes again, which I don't think it will at all. I think whatever we're doing tactfully, tactically and strategically is a little bit more forgiving than this next Mount Everest that I think every leader is about to have to climb. Mm -hmm. It's the governing laws differentiated wherever you live, mm. A, B, your interpretation of what is real and what is not and what's responsible and what's irresponsible. Mm -hmm. See how all this affects what you do and how you do it to then D who on your team will look at you as if you're at, you've lost your mind. Yeah. I thought we were equally yoked DNA. Um, and I never thought that if we are in, in, in tactics, in strategy, in operations, in blah, 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 if we're all aligned, how could X, Y, Z, because the A, B, C, D has really brought in almost a dividing wall that's growing by the week. I feel like this is the mountain of... Yeah. COVID that we haven't even anticipated the difficulty of with the intrinsic um, complexity of being a leader who leads things like human beings who all think differently, interpret differently, and feel differently and do differently with the same information that you and I have been told in the world. That is a lot to swallow, but I really believe that the next three months, leaders are going to have to actually, while we're taking care of the human beings, in this change and the flapping of the sails, 
which is strategy and tactics, keeping a mindful pulse and full awareness that just because you hear the same information on the news as they do, they might completely be hearing it differently. And some may take the vaccine if the vaccine comes and some may not, and some may travel and some may never travel again. I mean, it is amazing just that plus then the variable between states, counties and cities, let alone countries globally. It is going to be a mess. Um, In my opinion, like it's not all bad because you got stuff like virtual reality and software and this and that. But I just want leaders to be understanding that you have been helping me to know that it's always about the leader more than what anyone else thinks or says or reacts. But it's so uh, of, of so much more of an added complexity and sensitivity to the climate around us in corporate America, for example, where we hear the same thing, but you and I have different interpretations of what we just heard and then interpretations of what that means for our company and interpretations of what that means and how we interact and what we do and what we meet and how we meet. Yeah, that was a lot. Uh, a lot. But I'm like scared. As a leader looking at that, I'm wondering if you've seen any part of that or you have any fears of that yourself. I don't have a lot of fear of it myself. Um, You know, so I would say to you, Nick, and anybody watching or listening that um, I I think that what you said is true. I I believe it is happening right now, right? There are... um, different rules, people are having their own experiences. You know, there are layers of experience that each human is having, let's just put it that way. And leaders, of course, have sometimes the feeling and the truth that it is an extra layer or five, uh, depending on whether you're a founder and you own your business, whether you work for a large company, the condition of that business, it, it is added context to to your version of this story and i would say to everyone i'm just going to coach everybody right now right that you know maybe an extra diagnostic question you can add to your own self-assessment at any moment is um you know what can i do to calm down in any moment when you're not feeling calm and and take on a practice to do that. Because I agree, Nick, that what's happening is, well, it's beyond us as a single human, right? The complexity, as I was noting earlier, seems to be accelerating and becoming you know, more and more, it's, it's almost like a heaviness, right? Some problems for many people feel, whether that's a personal problem or a business problem, and most people have a, all of it, just like you're saying, on top of these kind of more um, 
you know, broader questions that we're not just facing in the US, that it's all over the world, because we both have friends and colleagues all over the place where there's a, a, a general kind of existential question about who am I that has arisen. And, and I, don't, I don't know this because I've never lived through pandemic before, but I do believe that any time in history when people were faced with their freedoms um, being limited or taken away, where their old reality had, you know, been seemingly taken away. And if you think about um, just what we know about war, uh, you know, that is an example where, you know, people's lives are disrupted and their freedoms are often taken away or limited and shifted and their belief system about themselves is questioned. And that's when I say the existential question of who I am um, I've mentioned in some of our other podcasts, the book uh, Man's Search for Meaning, Dr. Viktor Frankl uh, is an example of a book that talks about this, right? Like in these moments, and everyone has these moments in their life, it doesn't have to be something that we all collectively go through, but that is the big difference here, Nick, of why I think it has urgency and feels heavy, is that we're all going through this together even though we might all be experiencing it in different ways. So I would say to you as leaders, first of all, just calm down because you can't, you can't as a human address all of these things equally and at the same time. You, you, we can't, we can't, um, we shouldn't. We weren't made to do it. And so as a leader, it's really important that you don't bring that kind of dis, you know, energy uh, I'm waving my fingers, but you know what I mean when the energy is like, um, it's diffuse, it, it's unfocused, it's potentially beyond Tasmanian devil and, and more of like, uh, you know, what could feel like to people like panic, um, because there are so many unanswered questions. And so when I say to you as leaders, having a practice where you calm yourself and lay out the questions in an organized way, right? Even you talking about your life right now, and I can't, I can't imagine, Nick, no one listening here can imagine what it's like to not have arms and legs unless you, listener, viewer, don't have arms and legs. Like, the, we can't, I can't, I can't. And I have issues that you can't imagine. But you talking about like how hard it is when you don't have a caregiver and you're trying to teach your kid how to do something and you can't, you don't have arms and legs and you can't actually hand him the VR camera. Like, I don't get that. I cannot. And so again, it's the example of you and your own story. But I would say to you, the only way to live through that experience with any level of satisfaction is to slow it down and do one thing at a time. That's it. That's all you got. That's spot on from a leadership point of view, from a family point of view. I think one of the things that I've let go of is that I can't multitask as I used to. Yes. And why do that and be okay with that and then miss that. And so um, in this blanketing, um, blanketing each individual with one blanket as the team is, is wrong as well, where it's each person individually having their own story, 
their own interpretation and the own story they're telling themselves of where they're at and where the world's at and where they think their place in this world and corporation is. And so I love that advice. That's the perfect advice to a crazy question that I could have just summed it up and I also almost feel like taking a second take on my question because that was very much of a verbal diarrhea of a question uh, and just a lot of stuff that didn't have to be said. But, um, but you know, like, like the, the, the taking one conversation at a time, one item at a time, one step at a time, but micro steps and only doing that step right there and then, you know, I think that's, that's the best advice you can ever give me today. Well, uh, it's not just you, Nick. I mean, everybody on here, I'm going to challenge you, you know, cause I challenged myself because of my own version of the story, Nick, is to start to realize that one of the things that have been, has been forced upon us in the pandemic is to kind of be with ourselves a little bit more. Specifically those of us who are spending more time in our homes, um, not traveling, right? So for all of us out there who used to travel more, for instance, or used to shop more or just be out of the house more, was always on the go, right? And you are in some way unable to do all of that activity. You have to realize that all that activity, good, bad, or neutral that we had before was taking the place of us knowing ourselves the way we know it right now. And so you're right, your ego, like my ego and everyone else's ego is still tell, trying to tell the old story. Oh, you're not good unless you do this, right? And you know, I, I, I would be remiss if we didn't mention this, Nick, so I'm glad you went there. I do believe in coaching a lot of leaders are facing the fact that the way you used to be able to lead, whatever that meant to you, because right now you can't do it the same way before, there's a lot of leaders going, wait a minute, I was good at that. I'm not good at this. This isn't the same. It doesn't feel the same. I can't do the same thing with my team on Zoom that I could in person. Um, I, I can't, Maybe there are salespeople out there and you're watching this and you're going, right, I used to fly places to close deals. I can't fly there and close deals anymore, right? So there's a whole bunch of people whose ego story is now going, uh-oh, can I be good in the new way? Hence the reason I started in the beginning with the questions like, what are you clinging to? Well, a lot of us are clinging to the things that worked <laughs> for a good reason, everybody. It worked before. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like we're always clinging to bad things. We're, we were, we're holding on to what the story used to be. So good. So good. Now you're living in Texas like a normal person talking about the roof and stuff. <laughs> I tell you yeah funny it's hilarious um very different life for me for sure as you know mm -hmm. um i just feel like the leadership world um is is changing in a way of um of having to 
lead slower. Mm. You know, and lead, not not being too slow on decisions, but the style um, to 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 just take strides. Because sprinting ain't gonna get you there. Running ain't gonna get you there. And just take it, take it, take a sit, take a break, make the plan, and now together stride. And I think you I think you pointed out very well. No one ever expected. You know, no one had a re- on their resume. Oh yeah, and I help stabilize and then birth something new because of COVID 2020, like that's going to be in the resumes of next year of those who succeed, which would be great to a resume. (laughs) Look, we're, we're we're all learning, all learning. Tell a story. We're all going to tell the story of the free fall of 2020 (laughs) and how we felt and, and how we responded. And I promise everyone right now, that regardless of how 2020 ends and what happens in 2021, and I know there's lots of predictions about the economy and jobs in every country, by the way. Um, you know, I've been watching and listening to the predictions of things. Um, and you know what? What's really going to happen is everything's going to be fine. Like, whatever that is. It's not going to be what was then. It's going to be whatever you create. So if you if you are clinging to stuff, this is the moral of the story, and maybe it helps us wrap this up, Nick. But I think the moral yep. of the story today is, you know, just start to get aware of what you're holding on to, what you need to let go of, and the sooner you can do that cleanly um, and help your team move forward too is probably going to free everybody into some new thinking and probably better ideas. And um, I mean, just use my example. I pulled the plug on the system. I told you that I was so worried about. And guess what? My team members that I told, they were relieved. And now we can put those resources and our energy into something better. So good. Thanks for sharing that. Love you, Chris. Amazing amazing unpackaging of this and timely um and thanks for bringing something so complex to a simple level appreciate that a lot my pleasure get your wheelchair fixed i will i will i will i'll get my wheelchair fixed if anyone wants to know more information where do they go uh, more information. Well, you go to nickvoichich.com. That's where you go. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. Aria, Aria, if they want to, you know, yeah, you can go coaching.com. You can find me at Forbes.com. Uh, you can, you can find me. I'm around, but, uh, uh, this is a great, a privilege as usual. We're happy to be with you all. Um, give us feedback because we're happy to answer specific questions. If anybody has them, um, you can comment, uh, you can put it on Nick's, where, where are you collecting things? Instagram? Yeah. Go to nickvoichich.com and contact us there. You can email us at podcast at nickvoichich.com. Uh, give us any feedback, give us any questions or do it on the social media channel that you're listening or watching right now on. And uh, me and Chris, we are on the verge of some discovery Yes. phone calls between uh, your team and mine, Chris, about um, what this podcast goes into and morphs into, which could be quite 
big and exciting um, and revolutionary on that. So thank you so much for just doing this uh, and, and rhythmically giving messaging of hope and encouragement and resources to leaders all around the world. Appreciate you, Chris. I appreciate you too. Everybody be good and we'll see you in a week. Sounds great. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Help us reach as many people as possible by giving us a rating, a review, and subscribing to this podcast. Love you so much. And remember, share this with anyone you know who needs to hear this as well. I'll see you next week.